The Real Chemistry Podcast connects the dots between our guests and the innovative work they do to show up and shape the future of healthcare. Why? So you, the listener, are encouraged to join us on our relentless pursuit to make the world a healthier place for all. Some may call it idealism. We call it Real Chemistry. Good afternoon. This is Aaron Strout, CMO of Real Chemistry and host of the Real Chemistry Podcast. And as you heard, probably in our last episode, we were able to record a couple of episodes of this podcast at the Fierce Pharma and Questex Digital Pharma East took place in Philadelphia uh, in October. And we had the opportunity to talk to a few different very smart people, but uh, one of which is a former colleague of mine. His name is Matt Titus, and he is now VP and Chief Commercial Officer of Hippocrates. It's part of a uh, bigger organization called Athena Health. And during our conversation, I sort of dig in with Matt about what it means to be a chief commercial officer, his observations from the event, uh, some current events where he sees the industry going. And of course, we get his wish in his deserted island album choice. So I know you'll enjoy this one. And uh, as always, we always appreciate your feedback. So if you have any, please let us know. Um, So sit down, grab a cup of something and listen in. So today I have a unique pleasure of sitting down with someone who's not only one of the smarter people I've ever met in the healthcare space, and you can't see his face, but he's laughing right now, but someone that I've had the pleasure of working with. Matt is now at a company called Hippocrates, as I mentioned in the uh, upfront, and we're at Digital Pharma East, which is, I think this is the first time they've really been back in force in a couple of years. Thank you, Pandemic. And I was talking with some of the brass earlier and they said that this is the biggest one that they've done. So I think everyone was eager to be back. And so today we'll ask Matt a little bit about sort of day in the life, you know, what his job entails. But I'd like to start by saying some people may not know what Hippocrates is, which is part of Athena Health. I think the acquisition was nine years ago-ish. Let's talk a little bit about Hippocrates, maybe how it fits into Athena. I know you work with HCPs. Thank you, Aaron, and, and great to be joining you. Um, so for those of you who don't know, Hippocrates is an app for HCPs uh, to help them make relevant clinical decisions, whether that be through helping a, a patient uh, find the right treatment and outcome, prescribing the right medication, uh, keeping up to date on the latest guidelines and treatment uh, advice from societies, the FDA, etc., and basically uh, help them be a well-functioning physician when it's impossible in 2022 to know all the information coming at you at at one time. We like to consider ourselves a a second screen to the EHR. Uh, Many of the tools and information that we have are not readily available in in EMRs, EHRs. Uh, So it's really the ability to help clinicians make the right decision uh, with the evidence that they have in in front of them. Awesome. Thank you. So we're here at this event, so Digital Pharma East, and there are tons of life sciences companies a lot of the ecosystem players like ourselves, Real Chemistry and Hippocrates. Let's talk a little bit about what your experience has been here. I know you're manning your booth because you're one of the major sponsors, I think a gold or maybe a platinum. And because of that, then you've had to have a lot of conversations with people. So let's talk a little bit about what those conversations look like. What's the nature of those conversations? Yeah, I, I think for us, the main topic of conversation has really been around what types of data are you using and how is the data that I have readily available 
making sure that I'm spending my promotional dollars effectively. And I think we've heard that across all manufacturers, across all brands. Um, COVID really threw the industry for a loop. I can't necessarily send a drug rep in to see a doctor. How do I make sure that my message is, is heard? How do I make sure that I am where a physician is making a prescribing decision? And how do I continue to have an impact on the healthcare space in, in general? Um, I think one of the things that we have seen as a society is that there is a lot of noise. There's now more data being made every second of every day than has ever been before. Um, so what are the really pieces that are meaningful to, to drive impact and influence? And, and that is something that the industry is trying to solve for here at, at Digital Pharma. Well, it makes sense. I think there's a lot of questions we're all trying to solve for. Uh, one of the things that I would love to dive into is anyone that works in the healthcare industry, and I assume most of the folks that listen in to this podcast do that, is they are familiar with the term chief commercial officer, which I mentioned up front is your title, uh, as well as VP, which is an important role at Athena and Hippocrates. What is similar and what is dissimilar to what you do for your company versus someone that is a chief commercial officer at a pharma company or you know a med tech uh, company? That's a great question. I think um, med tech and, and pharma chief commercial officers are, are generally going to be um, making sure two different things. First of all, there's Salesforce and commercial operations are effective in driving the top line bookings of the business uh, through prescriptions and making sure that their message is being heard by docs. But the second thing in, in pharma that's really important is uh, partnerships, you know, especially whether you're going to co-promote a drug, um, what are you looking to do in the marketplace, what is the therapeutic category that you're, you're pursuing, um, and so that expanse is, is wide, a lot of big decisions to be made there. Um, in my role as Chief Commercial Officer at Apocrates, it's, it's really twofold. It's making sure that our app is meaningful to clinicians so we can drive engagement with those clinicians. It's great if you put a bunch of features together, but if they don't mean anything to clinicians, you, you really just have a collection of technology and features. Uh, one of the things that we're trying to do is, is simplify medicine. And a lot of the feedback that we get from clinicians, like my life is already complicated. I have to work in an EHR. I may have to go to a life sciences HCP website to learn about the medication. You're asking me to, to use this. My, if I'm a hospital uh, or academic hospital based, maybe my institution has journals or other digital tools that they subscribe to on my behalf. You know, you're asking me to spend only 15 minutes with a patient and triangulate information from 17 different digital resources, right? That's an impossible task. Um, we actually participate in a, a syndicated study where over a thousand clinicians were interviewed and said that on average, one of the things that the pandemic did is make them work longer hours, which is not great. We already know that we have a, a burnout issue. But one of the main drivers of that is that they were spending more time online trying to find information. And that's a dangerous curve that we have to solve as an industry, um, or we won't be around too long, right? We've already lost a number of clinicians through the pandemic, whether it was through health challenges or nearing retirement. And they said, hey, this isn't worth it for me. Uh, we have to make medicine a profession that is uh, 
rewarding and people want to do it and it it uh, gives back to society. And so I think that one of the things that is the mission of Hippocrates is to simplify that, right? How do we provide one source so you can identify a pill that a patient may bring in or use a, a medical calculator to make a, a decision or find information on a drug so it's easier for you to prescribe, not harder, right? Um, so that's that's one. The, the second thing is also making sure that in the same vein, while the products are valuable to clinicians, we're also producing a product that is meaningful to life sciences, right? How can you put your correct message to the correct HCP at the correct time to influence behavior, right? Whether that is making sure that the patient gets the right medication or the right dose, or that they are receiving the most up-to-date clinical information, whether it be from a study um, or disease state awareness. That's a really important piece that we play in the healthcare system to drive better outcomes for patients. Well, you brought up something that I've been thinking about. I read an article the other day and it talked about a doctor and one of the, I can't remember, members of their office uh, had either forgotten or somehow was unable to use their laptop and they were panicking. And the doctor said, hey, you know what? Why don't you use mine? And the whole premise of the story was the doctor realized, A, it was freeing to not have technology in front of him but B, how much he relied on the computer, I think for the reasons you just talked about. So where I wanna go with this is, you talked about simplifying, but empowering. And we didn't talk about this up front, so we could throw this away if we want to, but I know voice technology is something that is becoming a big thing. And I know a lot of doctors are loving the, you know, whether it's the Amazon or Google or whatever, to be able to just say things and get responses is where artificial intelligence and, you know, natural language processing, et cetera, come into play. How have you guys thought about that as, you know, without tipping any top secrets? Um, is it something on your roadmap or something you've looked at a partnership with, you know, some of the big voice players out there? That's a great question. And, um, you know, won't, won't, uh, rip the top secret band-aid on, on this podcast. But I would say one, one of my jobs as chief commercial is always evaluating what's happening in the marketplace, making sure that we're relevant both to um, HCPs and like I said, like life sciences companies. And part of doing that is doing things differently than you've done them previously, right? So one of the, God, we're gonna go old school right here. One of the ways that Hippocrates really came onto the scene is that a group of doctors in California wrote to Steve Jobs, said, hey, we, we hear that you're launching this uh, app store on Apple and you really wanna change the world with the app store. Here's one way you can do it. You can empower doctors digitally to make better decisions. And there's this app Hippocrates gonna do it. And um, Steve Jobs used that and demoed Hippocrates as one of the apps when they launched the, the app store. So fast forward about 20 years, that's no longer relevant, right? So we have to, to grow up a little bit and, and think about our technology roadmap. But I think for us, one of the things is we don't have to build every technology ourselves, right? There is no way that Hippocrates can out-Google Google. There's no way that Hippocrates can out-Amazon Amazon. So looking at players in the marketplace that may have developed a medical calculator or may have developed the ability to do something technology-wise that we haven't done. Physicians are really happy to tell us what they're seeing and what works and what doesn't. And it's our responsibility as an organization to take that feedback and use it to make our roadmap to include the latest technologies and which could or could not include voice, right? Um, but just making sure that the information is easy to access and actionable. If it's not actionable, we failed. And so for us, it's really about creating that experience that a doctor can use digital tools to 
increase the ability for patients to have better outcome, whether that be through voice, through AI, through ML, through you know a lot of the other uh, data sources and, and new technologies that are coming out every day. Well, thank you for answering that. I love the thinking like that partnerships are a great way to accomplish a lot and that you don't need to own everything because I think most companies that are good at what they do focus on a thing or a few things and then partner you know, for the others. I mentioned this up front, like you've always struck me as someone that's got a great pulse on the industry. I think both legacy as well as sort of forward looking. So I'm gonna ask you another tricky question and that is looking forward over the next five years, We've talked a lot about clinicians, HCPs, but broader industry, so maybe patient experience. Any trends or things that you're seeing that maybe have you excited or you think that we should be looking more closely at or doubling down on, especially given where you sit, given all the conversations you have and given the mission that you have as a you know, senior representative for your company? Well, I think the first thing that I hope for us to all figure out in the next uh 24 to 36 months is uh, formally agree on what a definition of omni-channel actually actually means. I think I've heard that uh, term used a thousand times this week. And if you ask different people, it means different things, right? And um, we can all have our own definition of what omni-channel means, but the person who it really matters to is the clinician, right? What is going to drive that behavior change or drive that outcome? And that's what we really need to focus on. So all jokes aside, I think we'll have some more clarity in the next 18 to 24 months about what our real key metrics are that are going to drive change around HCPs. I think another trend that we have seen is, uh, I mentioned earlier, data, right? And that's that's also another key buzzword. But I think we're in this state right now where everyone is in search of every piece of data they can get their hands on. And data can sometimes tell different stories. You look at one data set and it's telling you this, and you look at another data set and it's telling you that. So I think we have a little bit of an, of an industry um, issue where we have some um, paralysis by analysis going on right now. And again, what is the solve for that? You go back to the clinician. What actually motivates you? What are the things that are helpful to you and not helpful? And if we can dial into those and then use data to support that, we'll, we'll get somewhere. Um, but I, what I don't want us to see as an industry is we overcomplicate things by having too many solutions or too many data sets that makes practicing medicine too hard. That's going backwards, not forwards. Well, great answer, not unexpected. I would love to drill down on that and then we'll do our last two questions to wrap up a little bit on the lighter side. So you mentioned that, you know, I think at DPE, great event, but probably every other session has the word omni-channel in it. It is a buzzword and I think one of the things that we learned during the pandemic was, again, Drug reps couldn't go into offices um, because we had to learn how to deliver the training and the education and all the other things. People had to find more innovative ways to get in front of the HCPs. Um, what is your definition of omni-channel? Because I would like to argue that that's probably a good starting point since you've been in the industry for a while and you're a smart guy and you know sort of marketing and sales and how these things work. Yeah, I, I think for me, omni-channel is is more of a philosophy that is backed by data instead of a rigorous set of, of rules. And by that, I mean, what are the mechanisms that are gonna drive the change to get the right message in front of the right audience at the right time? That's really what it boils down to, right? And for some people that may be print, that may be digital, that may be in person, 
Um, but one set of rules doesn't fit all. I think we, we run the risk of saying like every cardiologist is the same. They're not. They're all individual people that have individual habits. So Omnichannel is really using all of the tools in your toolkit to make an effective delivery for that individual. And I think that's kind of my, my baseline and my definition. And how you want to categorize that, you know, parse out your different channels, measure that. That's all up to debate. There's a lot of different, you know, methodologies to do that. But ultimately, what are we trying to do? We're trying to get the right message in front of the right doctor at the right time to, to influence behavior change. Well, it's a good definition. And I like that idea of sort of, you know, multiple channels, but with a personalized message with the data that you know about those people. So a bit of a CRM meets, you know, sort of multi-delivery, you know, capability. So one of the things that I have started asking during the pandemic, which hard to believe we're now two and a half years in, although I think we're headlights or the tail, it's in our, our tail lights, right? Our rearview mirror. Um, if you had one wish, it could be personal, it could be professional, anything, what would that wish be? Man, that's, that's a tough question. Um, I think some of my wishes did come true over the pandemic, so I'll, I'll skip over those. But I think, you know, being at a healthcare conference, a lot of the digital innovation right now is being driven around oncology. And I don't think you can meet a single person who hasn't been impacted by cancer, you know, whether it be a, a family member, a friend, um, a friend of a friend, right? And I, I think uh, we heard several years ago, you, you know, you would hear this word moonshot, we're going to try to cure cancer. I think um, one of the things that has continued to happen over the pandemic is science is moving faster and faster than it ever has before, which has made practicing medicine harder. It is harder to go into the office every day, see patients for eight hours a day, and stay at the top of your game with everything that's happening in your field, especially in oncology. So I think for my wish, I would be that um, we could figure out how to kick this beast once and for all, right? Um, I don't know that there's a, a magic medication or something like that that we're going to discover, um, but we got a, a lot of really smart people in this industry working on it, and I think society would, would be a lot better if we could figure this out once and for all. Well, it's a great wish. Um, I have been impacted, and like you said, I don't think anyone can sort of not throw a stone and, and have a parent or sibling or friend or whatever. I think what I am encouraged about, and I'm thinking this is one of the things you might be referring to, is the technology for at least two of the COVID vaccines, mRNA, which I think we are all very familiar with, they now think that there's a possibility that they can actually turn that technology around and start to target cancer cells very early days. But this is something that um, the founders of mRNA had hoped that we could use it for other purposes. So let's have our fingers crossed that that's at least one solution, because you're right, there'll be lots of solutions that we need. Final fun question, and uh, this is the one you struggled with, and it's funny because all the smart people I ask is the one that's the hardest to think about. But we've already talked through your answer a little bit, and I love the multi-dimension here. It's the proverbial, you're on a deserted island. You can only take one album with you. Which album would you pick and why? So Aaron said this was cheating, but I'm still going to go with it. So I picked originally the uh, soundtrack from Forrest Gump. Uh, the reason why I did that is because... I first read that book, I think when I was in like seventh or eighth grade when it came out. Uh, it was during the summer and the movie was coming out like right right after it. And um, I think I had to get my parents' permission to watch the movie. There's a little violence in there, some adult themes. But it was the first movie that I had ever seen which had so many cultural, generational, 
musical themes weaved in it. it. It's almost like you felt like you lived through several generations in that. And included in the soundtrack was the soundtrack from each uh, thing. And, and many, as a child of the 80s songs, I had heard like growing up. But if, if I went my, my second dimension here, when I was a freshman in college, they launched Napster. So I was telling Aaron, like, I only owned maybe five CDs in my entire life when I was 16 and 17. And then when I started college at 18, it, it was all digital music, right? So I was used to cherry picking the individual tracks that I liked and, and never had to buy a whole album, right? And so that was a really interesting era, you know, where at Digital Farmies, that's like the start of digital music. Uh, seems like yesterday, but that was actually like 20 years ago. So it's, it's changed a lot, but actually hasn't gotten that far away. Now you can subscribe to like Spotify or Pandora or things like that and kind of curate your own, own lists. But um, digital music, man, crazy, crazy how that's evolved. Well, again, it's all about why the answer is, right? And, and I think as I'm thinking about it, Part of what I like about that is, you're right, it did take us, Forrest Gump took us, I think, from Vietnam all the way up through mid to late 80s, maybe even early 90s. And so there was such a, I think if you tell a story through music, that does a really lovely job at doing that. So I'll have to go back and now listen to the soundtrack. With that, I will wrap us up. So uh, I've had the pleasure of talking to former colleague and now VP and Chief Commercial Officer at Hippocrates, Matt Titus. Matt, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule and uh, joining us here for the podcast. Thanks, Aaron. Loved it. Look forward to it again. Have a good one. Want more episodes of The Real Chemistry Podcast? We post a new episode every Thursday. Subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Stitcher app, or iHeartRadio via the Health Podcast Network. Go to realchemistry.com for more info.